0: Hi, I'm Pastor Guy Burke. We welcome you to this week's worship with First Baptist Church Indianola. We also invite you to find out more about us at our website, www.fbcindianola.com. And don't forget to like us on social media. Join us now as we study deep truths from God's holy word. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to Wednesday Online this week. We are so excited that you've taken a, just a moment of your week to tune in to hear from God's Word. And tonight we're going to jump back into our series on in Galatians. Uh, for the last couple of weeks, we've had Deep Conversations episode. Check that out. If you've missed it, Dr. Andy Yarbrough shares some great insights and some wonderful thoughts on anxiety and depression from the clinical point of view. Uh, but this week, we're jumping back into Galatians, and we're in chapter 2, beginning in verse 2. Just one verse tonight as we walk through uh, this book of the Bible together uh, during our midweek time. Uh, Paul is uh, facing heresy. He's facing This group known as Judaizers, and they're actually just layering traditions of ancient Judaism onto what the gospel says. And Paul is is going to show tonight that he is presenting a true gospel. He has been hitting this issue head on. He didn't uh, he didn't wait around. He didn't take time to, to introduce anything else. In the book of Galatians, he's tackling the issue of heresy head on. He's been defending himself as an apostle. And tonight he shows that he presents the true gospel. So let's read this one verse together in Galatians chapter 2, verse 2. This is what Paul says. I went up according to a revelation and presented to them the gospel I preached among the Gentiles, but privately to those recognized as leaders. I wanted to be sure I was not running and had not been running in vain. So here in this verse, we see something very important. We see that Paul presented the gospel that he was sharing to the Gentiles. Now I'm in a different area than I normally am. I'm in our foyer of our worship center. And one of the pieces in our foyer of our worship center, you see sitting behind me, uh, this is a mold. This is uh, the the face of Christ that Dr. Sam Gore came and did several years ago during one of our Good Friday services. He took this lump of clay and he began to mold it and shape it into the face of Christ as we see sitting here behind us. And maybe you've been in our foyer and you've seen this work of art. Dr. Sam Gore has since gone home to be with the Lord, uh, but he had a tremendous gift and a tremendous talent to present this artwork and also share the gospel. And this is what we see Paul doing in Jerusalem. He's going up to Jerusalem by revelation. In this verse, it says revelation. Now we don't know the, the specifics about that revelation. That revelation may have been confirmed in the local body of believers that Paul was with. It could have been a specific personal revelation, uh, but, but he probably shared that with other believers and he knew he must go up to see those in Jerusalem of the early church and present this gospel for his sake. And so when we think about this, we see that not only is he having this revelation, but he presented to them. What does this term present mean? Well, it actually means communicated for consideration. So Paul is communicating what he has been sharing with the Gentiles, remember, Paul is called to the Gentiles, Gentiles, anyone outside of Israel in the ancient day, in this mindset, in this time, in this context, okay? And so he is communicating for consideration the gospel that he's been sharing. Now, now wouldn't that aid the false teachers? The, the false teachers would pounce on it saying, well, you had to go back to Jerusalem to get confirmation, but that's not really what's happening here because what's happening here is, Paul could not have been influenced by anyone with the gospel he was preaching. The chronological time frame doesn't match up for them influencing Paul in any way. Paul was just giving the gospel as it was given to him by the Holy Spirit and through knowing the Lord Jesus. And so actually what he is doing is he is syncing up with those, the other apostles, and he's sharing with them. This is what I've been sharing with the Gentiles. And, And he's not doing it to just any group of leaders, right? It says in this verse that privately he went up to share with the leaders in Jerusalem. Let's look back at verse two. It says, I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to those recognized as leaders. So Paul didn't go back and find the good boy coffee group table and see what they thought about it. No, he's presenting it to the leaders of the church in Jerusalem in a private meeting. And he's doing so not only to... to, continue to defend his apostleship, but he's doing it to show that his gospel he is preaching to the Gentiles not only matches up but that is the it's the pure gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and so see, that's what he presents to them he presents to recognized leaders he so he is communicating to these important leaders the true gospel that he's been sharing hasn't been impacted by anyone else. And it actually goes against the false teaching of those known as the Judaizers, those that were infiltrating within the church at Galatia. And then we see why he does it. He shares with us at the end of this verse why he does what he does. And it says in verse two, I wanted to be sure I was not running and had not been running in vain. The linchpin to this verse is that Paul wanted to know He wanted to be 100% sure that he was not running in vain, that that he had not gone off track, that he had not gone off course. He covets the approval of God above everything else because his mission had been given by the Lord for the glory of the Lord to reach the nations for the Lord. And so Paul seeks that approval of the Lord and that he had been obedient that he wasn't running in vain, that, that he wasn't running the race improperly, but that he was running it in the right way with the true gospel for the glory of God. And that speaks to us. It speaks to us and it begs us to ask the question, have I been running in vain? And have, I, have I been just simply being obedient because I see it as an obligation? Have I been seeking to be obedient because it's what my my family wants me to do? Have I been just going to church and going through the motions because culturally that seems to be the right thing to do? Are are we running the, the race of the Christian life in vain? Or are we running it obediently for the glory of our Lord with purpose and mission for our Lord to build the kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven? And so Paul's expression of this, of of running in vain, it it speaks into our daily lives. And and it draws us to, to check our heart and to check our motives and to come and to think, have I been running in vain? Or am I seeking the approval of God through obedience to his commands in purpose and omission for him to spread his gospel, to build his kingdom and to bring him glory? This is something we all have to wrestle with. It's what Paul wrestled with as he presented the true gospel there in Jerusalem. But as we walk through the Christian life and the Christian journey, we must come to understand that we don't run it in vain out of obligation or any other reason. We run it passionately with purpose for the glory of our King. So tonight I wanna leave you with a couple of takeaways when we think about verse two. The first takeaway is this. Trust God's word. Trust God's word. Paul's gospel was accepted as the true gospel. Therefore, what is presented in God's word as the true gospel, as Paul teaches it, and as we learn from the rest of the New Testament, the true gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, therefore, we can accept it. We can accept it. We can trust God's word. Paul trusted in what the word of the Lord came to him and he spread that gospel to the Gentiles and that's been recorded in the holy word of God in the scriptures, the New Testament, the Bible. We can trust God's word. We can plan ourselves in God's word to know who God is and to know him more. The second takeaway is God's approval is what matters. God's approval is what matters. Paul presents this, in order to have it confirmed, but he's seeking that God would approve it in these steps. He's not seeking for man's approval because otherwise he would be running in vain. No, he's not running the race in vain because he is obediently seeking God's approval. This is paramount to Paul. It should be paramount to us as we walk the Christian journey, as we seek to live out our faith. We should seek God's approval above all else, to know that our Heavenly Father approves and is glorified in the race that we're running. Finally, do not run in vain. The linchpin of this verse is is that Paul was saying, I I, I don't want to run in vain. I, I, I want to run the race well. We should too. Don't run in vain. Don't run out of any other reason but for the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Don't run for any other reason than than to honor him. Don't run for any other reason. Nothing that becomes an obligation, nothing that becomes an expectation, nothing that becomes something that, that we feel like we must do to be liked or approved by someone else. We simply go and run the race because Christ, he walked the hill. He walked the hill for us. He conquered death for us so that we might live. So let's run the race for him. He walked the hill for us. Let's run the race for him, trusting in his word, seeking obediently to be approved by him, not running in vain, but running for his glory. Let me pray for you. Lord, I pray for everyone listening today that they would not run in vain. They would seek your approval. They would trust in your word and they would live on purpose and on mission for your glory and your glory alone. We pray this in your holy name, amen.